Welcome to 28ish. We're a podcast dedicated to making space for menstrual cycles, cyclical living, divine feminine power, and everything in between. We get into the details of periods, hormones, cycle tracking, feminine business prowess, and every other aspect of being a bleeding person. I'm your host, Carrie McKinnon. I'm a menstruality mentor and the CEM, Chief Executive Menstruator at 28ish. Be sure to check us out at 28ish.com to see our cycle tracking art and feel free to leave us a comment letting us know what cycle day you're on. Thanks for listening and remember, your cycle is more than your period. Welcome, Gabrielle. I am so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you for inviting me, Carrie. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, so we have Gabrielle Lichterman here today of Hormonology, and I personally am so excited about this because I have been a follower myself, a big user of your website and the information that is on there. And um, yeah, I'm, I just feel really lucky that you're here. You know, I, I feel like oh, I got in touch you. with you a couple years ago on social media and you were nice enough to like respond and be like, Hey, <laughs> w- when you are ready to talk, let me know. And we will. And so here mm. we are. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you. And I love your mission. I love that you're sharing this Uh, really important menstrual cycle information with others. Okay. Thank you. So can you please tell our listeners who you are, what you do first? And then I want to talk about your origin story, which is really interesting, like how you came to this work. Um, Sure. Yeah, of course. Let's let's do it. So as you said, I'm Gabrielle Lichterman. Um, I'm a women's health journalist. I've written for dozens of major publications around the globe, and I'm the author of 28 Days, what your cycle. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> oh my God. I'm blanking. <laughs> oh my God. I'm having, can we like stop for one second? Yeah. Listen. Hey Carrie. So um, I'm Gabrielle Lichterman, as you stated, and I am a women's health journalist. I've written for dozens of major magazines around the globe, such as Self, Woman's World, First for Women, Glamour. And um, I'm also the author of 28 Days, What Your Cycle Reveals About Your Moods, Love Life, and Potential. Nope, that's wrong too. (laughs) I'm going to do it again. I'm so sorry. Well, Carrie, as you said, I'm Gabrielle Lichterman, and I'm a longtime women's health journalist. I've written for dozens of major publications around the globe, such as Glamour and Self and Woman's World. And I also happen to be the author of 28 Days, What Your Cycle Reveals About Your Moods, Health, and Potential, which is an award-winning and groundbreaking book. It introduced the world to cycle syncing, really. Um, It shows you how your hormonal effects impact you every day of your menstrual cycle, and it shows you how to predict those hormonal effects and then plan your whole life around them. So I'm really proud of that work because it was the first book that showed women with menstrual cycles that they could empower themselves with their menstrual cycles and that they could plan their days and predict virtually every aspect of their day, their mood, their health, their sleep habits. Um, So that's who I am. I'm just the women's health journalist who introduced the world to cycle syncing. I really love that. I love, I absolutely think that's amazing. I think it's really cool that you come from the world of journalism. Like, so like what happened? You're, you're a journalist, right? And now you've gone off and written this book. Like how, what was that particular transition like for you or journey like for you? Did you Um, just get obsessed with the subject and had to do it or? Yes, actually that is, (laughs) that is exactly what happened. So the first edition of this book came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. So it was a long time ago, but yeah. it was in 1999 that I first started getting into this. And I know that was a really, really long time ago. Um, and <laughs> believe it or not, back then the internet really wasn't what it is now. It's hard to believe that we weren't <laughs> as connected and we didn't have all this yeah. information at our fingertips. I remember 1995. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> so it was a tough time. So 
I was doing research for um, articles, as I usually do, and I came across this new study at the time, 1999, that showed um, during a woman's cycle, she preferred more masculine or dominant looking men during remember, ovulation. Yes, I remember right? that study. That must have been really groundbreaking at the time, because I would have been like, I don't know, like a, a teenager then and the, yeah, a late teen. And, but I remember that study and I remember people yes. talking about that and like, oh, yes. I must, yeah, I must like a, a, yeah, a more like, or you're, or also was that the same study that said like, yeah, like you're like more attracted to the partner you're with during certain times of your cycle as well. Well, it said that you're more That's attracted to feminine or <laughs> passive looking men yeah. if you're heterosexual of course or bisexual sure. um during um other times of your cycle that weren't you know the ovulatory phase and yeah. you heard about it this was really the first hormone study that bubbled to the surface so you heard yes. about it just like i heard about it. it was like really the first time we heard anything other than hey your hormones make you cranky hey your oh. hormones make you grumpy hey your hormones make you weepy it was like wait my hormones have a different effect so this was a great study for me because as a health journalist, I know that there's lots of studies out there about particular topics. And I realized if there was this unusual study about our hormones, there must have been other studies that just haven't bubbled to the surface. Yeah. So I decided to go to the journals and look for them. And again, I bring up the thing about the internet is because we didn't have access to this information readily like we did, like we do today. Mm -hmm. So you had to really like search, search, search for right. what you wanted. So I did, I searched and I found dozens of studies about our hormones, how they impacted our mood and sleep and energy. And then I found hundreds. And then I found thousands for decades. Wow. Scientists have been studying our hormones and they have known about all of these impacts our hormones have on us. The problem is scientists aren't reporters. They were missing one crucial element, somebody to get this great information and bring it to the public. And so wow. that's what I did. I'm a journalist. I'm the bridge between the scientists and the public. So okay. I created this, this new ology, hormonology, and yeah. I decided I'm going to get all this great information and I'm going to bring it to the women who can use it. And then I realized as I got deeper and deeper into it, that all of these great studies could be strung together in a single menstrual cycle calendar so that you could know exactly what your mood would be, what your sleep habits would be, what your cravings would be, what your, you know, physical strength would be, everything mm -hmm. just based solely on where you are in your menstrual cycle. So if I'm on day one, which is the first day of your period, or if I'm on, you know, if I'm at the ovulatory phase or if I'm premenstrual, I can know exactly what my day is going to be like based on these scientific studies. So I started in 1999 researching this. And in 2005, I released the first edition of my book, 28 Days. And that's a calendar mm -hmm. of a typical menstrual cycle, a typical healthy menstrual cycle without hormone birth control. So a natural sure. menstrual cycle. And it tells you virtually every aspect of your day, what it's going to be like um, based on your hormonal effects. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Um, in 2019, I updated the book I created. Okay. So in 2005, I released that the first edition in 2019, I released a, a much larger, even much more detailed edition okay. of the book. Um, that's pretty much like the Rosetta stone of your menstrual cycle of the hormonal effects in your menstrual cycle. So if you wanted to know everything from libido to friendships, to career, to everything, yeah. Um, that's the book, the 2019 version of 28 Days. That's really cool. And over the years, have you gravitated towards like a certain age group? Because like I, I do a lot of reflection in the work that I do. You know, what's your niche? Who are you working with? Like these kind of things, right? So is it is it menarche in the teen years or is it like career focused women or later cycles? You know, and our and our cycles do tend to change how they my relationship with my cycles changed every decade, you know, and, and its effects on me have changed <laughs> like constantly as well that keep, it all keeps changing. Um, so yeah. Have you like developed content and uh, slants towards different age groups, if you will, or different? Yeah. Well, I do have a, I do have apps. So I have um, the hormone horoscope apps 
and I have an adult version and I have a teen version and the teen version is a simpler language and um, it doesn't involve a lot more it has less sexual detail of course it's much more teen focused so for parents who want to teach their teens about the hormonal effects in their cycles then the teen hormone horoscope app is the way to go but generally 28 days is for all adult women who have healthy menstrual cycles that are natural again no hormone birth control Mm -hmm. and when i say healthy i mean um uh, menstrual cycles that aren't impacted by hormone uh, imbalances or hormonal conditions such as polycystic ovarian syndrome pcos Um, that type of thing. So if you have a healthy regular cycle, whether it's 28 days or 26 days or 34 days, it doesn't matter what the length is. Mm-hmm. Um, you can adapt hormonology to any cycle because your body follows the same up and down um, pattern, the same hormonal pattern. We all start you know, low estrogen at our period and it goes up up, 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 up um, until ovulation. And then after ovulation, it falls steeply. And then for about, you know, four days, and then it rises again, and then it falls again, premenstrually. And then the same thing with our testosterone, our testosterone, testosterone is pretty steady. And then it peaks a little in ovulation, and then it's steady, decreases and steady again. And then progesterone is pretty low during the first half of our cycle. And then it rises, peaks and falls during the second half. So no matter what length your cycle is, and even if it's an irregular cycle, 28 days, one cycle, 32 days, next cycle, 26 days, the next cycle, you're still following the same pattern, which means you're experiencing the same hormonal effects cycle after cycle. So you can still predict how your hormones are going to impact you every single day, just based where you are in your personal cycle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's very important. And like making that space and having that focus and understanding what hormones are at play and when they come out has been important to me, you know, beyond the, the like psycho spiritual side of, of, of what I do, like the hormonal side becomes really important because I'm like, is this like an estrogen sensitivity I'm having, you know, like, is this, right? you know, like, is the, is the, oh, is this the testosterone? Do I do great when my testosterone's roaring? Like trying to really just understand myself through that lens as well. And like through understanding where I'm at in my cycle and what my hormones are doing then and how that is going to impact me to then like have that build that relationship with those hormones. Well, you know, you make a really good point. Actually make really good several points. <laughs> Because so many times we blame outside circumstances for a bad mood that just comes on or for uh, anxiety or for um, bubbled up energy um, when actually it's our hormones. So say we're in our premenstrual phase and we just happen to be sensitive to descending estrogen. Not every woman is, but Mm -hmm. if you are sensitive to descending estrogen during your premenstrual phase and you feel this like sadness out of the blue or anger out of the blue, you may look around you and think, what is ticking me off right now? Is it this driver or is it my manager? Or when actually it's just a hormonal effect. And if you can understand, okay, nothing's really going on. It's just a hormonal effect and it will pass because it's just chemicals. Then you don't have to make the mistake of saying, oh, I must hate my manager. Oh, I must hate driving in traffic. You could just say, okay, I understand. And so you had another um, point that was really good in that what you had just said is that you have greater understanding of yourself. You understand that if your estrogen um, brings you great energy or testosterone brings you great um, energy when it's rising, that you Mm -hmm. can understand that, oh, this this huge surge yeah. is coming from my hormones. And yep. then you can decide whether you want to harness it and, you know, go for, for a run, or if it's uncomfortable, you can say, okay, this is a hormonal effect. Maybe I'll have some chamomile tea just to tamp it down a little. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also like the overall, I would say menstrual cycle awareness is my ultimate form of self-care because it's like knowing that, okay, in this part of my cycle, I may be my best self air quotes, the, 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 our listeners can't see that, but uh, (laughs) you can air quotes my best self, because there's, there's parts where my, where my, my cycle 
I believe aligns with or gives me the ability to align with the type of qualities that are most valued in society right now. This like show up, leading, flexibility, all this, right? As opposed to like some of the other parts of my cycle, um, which are not even like, I mean, I feel like I come to my best self, my most authoritative self and all that, like in my, I what people call PMS, right? And I don't even like to use it. So I was going to use the term inner fall, but my PMS, right? Because there's such negative connotations around that. There are a lot of. Whereas for me, I feel really at home there. My, um, what, you know, inner critic, what we would call it the red school, like my inner critic becomes very loud, that like voice inside of me. It does, but like, because I know that, I know how to work with it. I know how to shut it up, (laughs) you know? And I know that like, okay, this is a signal. This is like, I'm changing gears. I'm downshifting here. And I need to kind of like, in order to be my best self in this particular part of my cycle, I need to make these adjustments. Um, And I love that you bring that up because the premenstrual phase has really gotten a bum rap. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, the premenstrual phase without any hormonal awareness, without any education about your menstrual cycle, it's kind of like walking into a haunted house. You don't know what to expect. And then you've got monsters coming out at you and you're like, this is a surprise. Yeah. However, when you arm yourself with hormonal knowledge, when you understand how your menstrual cycle works, you're not walking into a, a haunted house. You're walking into a house with the lights are bright. They're on. You can see the guy in costume like down the down the hall and you're like, eh, okay. So now I know I got this guy who's like in costume holding an ax. He's going to come at me. So yeah. I have to like go around him. You can, it's no longer scary. So you're taking away that unpredictability. You know what to expect. And furthermore, you can plan for it as you are doing. You're like, okay, so I know this is the time when my inner critic comes out. And the reason for that scientifically is because estrogen is descending. And when estrogen descends, it brings down levels of certain brain chemicals that manage moods such as serotonin. So it makes you more self-critical. And that's a really good awareness because then you could say, I'm going to ignore that voice or I'm going to supplement that voice with um, positive things. That's what I do personally. When I hear myself saying, oh, Gabrielle, why are you so stupid? Why are you like, what? Nope. Gabrielle, I forgive you for, you know, making this error because you didn't know. So let's, you know, let's fix yeah. it. You're okay. You sympathize with yourself. So you can make plans to get Absolutely. around the guy in costume with the axe. Yeah. It's no longer scary. And you can sail through this. Why this is why I really think that the premenstrual phase has gotten a bum rap because nobody has told us about our premenstrual phase, why the things happen like they do, why we feel things we do, and then told us. And by the way, you can skirt many of the challenges that you may experience during your premenstrual phase. Yeah, to make yeah. it better, to make it powerful. Yeah, and I mean, like, okay, what you would call the follicular phase or what a hormone specialist what anybody who knows hormones would call the follicular phase that what I would call um inner spring so after the bleed or just coming out of the that's bleed, correct like, right okay so that part um and just for listeners just to clarify uh yeah so like bleed day one so let's say around day five seven to me and before ovulation I notice in myself and I'm running my business and everything I do that is the time when I am looking for coaches, courses, classes. And what I've learned, like Carrie, if you just wait, don't purchase anything, don't do that. Wait a week and you're going to be the expert again that doesn't need those things, <laughs> you know? And what I know is that that's my, that's my curiosity. That's my newness yes. again to the world and to the cycle. And I'm like exploring things and feeling like I need the guidance, you know, and then like, I completely turn into this other person around ovulation and post ovulation. And, you know, right. It's a wild ride. I tell you, (laughs) well, you've just described rising estrogen during the follicular follicular phase. So during the first half of your cycle, your estrogen is rising. And as it rises, it increases curiosity. It um, increases extroversion. It makes you want to go out into the world and learn new things. Um, 
I, I love that phase. Um, I love uh, picking up new knowledge. I love interacting with people. You're, you're more um, talkative um, and you want to spend more money, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. It makes sense. <laughs> yes, it really lot. does. It really yeah. does. Yeah. So that, it does make sense that that's how you would behave during um, your follicular phase. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like how you framed it though. You're wanting to go out into the world and learn new things and see, and that isn't that the thing, right? Like we can be so self-critical of ourselves and these differences in every part, or we can choose to reframe them for the strengths that are in that and for that positivity and embrace that and own it and, and grow from it, you know, and you're right. Like that is also a time now, because I know not to go and purchase all the things, because I've learned that so on so many cycles. Right now, what I do is I can sign up for a free education course, or that is yes. when if you're going to find me like listening to podcasts and bettering myself and listening to self help, it's going to be in that phase of my cycle. You know, whereas that's like, exactly I'm right. Listening to like murder podcasts and other part of my cycle. <laughs> that's, you know? so, that's so true. My you know, it's funny and, and yeah. It's funny you would mention murder podcast. That would be, um, <laughs> in one way, actually, that would be, you know, if, if, um, if, if that excited you, if that like thrilled you, um, that would be something you might be interested in in the week um, preceding ovulation and including ovulation, which in hormonology, that's our week too. But if it was about safety and caution, like, oh, I want to know, like, if you watched America's Most Wanted, like, what do people do? Like, how should I be protecting myself? Like, what do bad people do? Do they like go in through the windows? Do they, yeah. If you were um, more worried about the protection and learning techniques, then that would be more of like a week three, week four, which is um, the luteal phase in hormonology. Uh, yeah. Because progesterone during the second half of your cycle makes you concerned with safety. Mm-hmm. So um, depending on what you get out of those murder podcasts really um, impacts what part of your cycle you prefer them. But I, I want to add one thing. So you said something about reframing the cycle yeah. to, so it's positive. And, you know, I want to reiterate that for thousands of years, we've been told negative things about our menstrual cycle. Everything about our menstrual cycle was bad, painful. We, um, you know, our, we get grumpy, we get tired, yeah. we, whatever it's negative, negative. And so now you and I are working together to reframe it in a positive way, but I'd like to liken it to how people used to talk about different phases of ages, like the mm-hmm. teen years, or even let's even go back to like, you know, um, you know, adolescence, then teens, then twenties and thirties and forties. We're always saying, oh, we were always saying something like, oh, the, I can't wait to get through my, you yeah. know, childhood. I can't wait to get through my twenties. So the thirties, they were, weren't as good as the forties. Oh, my forties. Oh, I don't want to go to my, we always had negative things to say about every decade, but now we're different. We're saying, oh, you know, forties is the new 30, 50 is a new 40. You can get so much done at 50. You can get so much done at 60. Your life is a no, we're, we're, we're in a new era where we're trying to positive reframe, positively reframe our lives because this is really the only life we've got, right? Why would we want to like think negatively about every single phase of our lives or our cycles? So let's look at the positives, embrace them and harness them. So they make our lives even better. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, Yeah. And you have a new book coming out. Does it, does it have anything to do with that? Well, thank you for bringing up that new book. <laughs> um, the new book actually isn't about hormones. It's for everybody, um, not just people with menstrual cycles. Okay. So it's um, The Happiness Upgrade, One Small Step Up to a Happier Life. Okay. And it's um, an outgrowth of, again, from my um, being a health journalist, I've uh, written about happiness studies for decades. So this book shows you how small actions you take, specifically small, easy acts of self-care mm-hmm. can lead to a tremendous powerful tool can be turned into this tool for, um, to boost your mood in the moment. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you are in life. Everybody's got difficulties, everybody, whether you're caring for young children while you're battling a cold, or you're caring for an elderly parent who has dementia, or you're um, waiting for test results from, you know, your doctor or waiting for a job to call you back. We all have stress Mm -hmm. and we can't wait until that stress passes to feel happier. 
Yeah. We have to find ways to feel happier in the moment so that we just have a little emotional breathing room. Now, I'm not saying plaster a smile on your face, which is, you know, like toxic positivity where you pretend nothing bad is happening. But there are study back ways to improve your mood in the moment, to pause negativity. And yeah. the happiness upgrade, my new book, teaches you a method about, it teaches you an easy method about how to harness these small acts of self care so that you can pause negativity, pause stress, pause anger, pause frustration, pause worry, and then turn your mood around and lift it up step-by-step. Step. So a happiness right. upgrade, one small step up to a happier life shows you how to boost I your mood that. right now with a very small, easy act, no matter what that. your circumstances. It's hard. I mean, who wants to wait months or years for circumstances to change to feel yeah. a little emotional relief? Yeah, they don't, you don't have to. So that's what no, that's I, th about. I think that's great. I'd love it if you could give us an example of it. And I also want to say that I think like how powerful is that tied to menstrual cycles as well? <laughs> like Self-care. Yeah, <laughs> it's really about self-care and understanding. Um, you know, all, all the work I do uh, professionally, my writing is about helping people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about um, giving them more understanding about their bodies and their emotions, and then how to harness this knowledge to make their lives better. So mm -hmm. hormonology is one way. So if you understand how your hormones impact you, you can harness that knowledge and predict your day and plan your life. It's yeah. fantastic. It's so easy. Every, everybody should know about it. And then with the happiness upgrade, everybody needs to understand that one small act of self-care can pause a negative mood and help nudge you up. So um, just one example is uh, research shows that multiple studies actually show that um, looking at nature, just stopping oh. what you're doing and looking at nature, whether it's in person or in a picture or in a documentary, um, pauses a negative mood and pushes up your mood, pushes up your emotions, lifts your emotions. It inspires vitality. It inspires peace and it makes you happier. Just pausing and looking at nature, a plant, a tree, a squirrel, a yeah. fish, any part of nature. And researchers believe that's true because uh, humans are wired naturally to see nature as something beneficial because they theorize that when we saw nature as we were evolving, it meant that food, shelter, water, other necessities like these were likely nearby because yeah. if nature was thriving there, then that was oh. good for us too. Oh, they that. also, yeah, they also think that because beauty is so, uh, because nature is so beautiful, it's so captivating, it's so unique. I mean, uh, you just mm -hmm. look at a leaf. If you just <laughs> look closely yeah. at a leaf at all the veins, yeah. beautiful, it's so distracting that it actually distracts you from your worries mm -hmm. so it reduces mm -hmm. stress that way I love that oh my yeah, gosh it's yeah. very relaxing and so and that's the big, just the big fun. elephant in the room being also like if you are staring at a computer and all digital focused nature is like so yeah so healing <laughs> It is healing. so healing to get out of that paradigm, which we are just as a species increasingly more and more and more focused on. That is very screens, true. You know, and like for me, like, yeah, if I've got a particularly busy day or hard day, I, yeah, like I'll go walk in a park and look at the trees. I've been doing something a little weird That's lately good. of like hugging trees. <laughs> there is research that shows yeah that's research shows um i've reported on that touching natural tree bark yeah soothes stress wow. again it's because we're wired to um to just equate nature with something that's soothing so they've they've had re, they've had uh, volunteers touch natural wood yeah. And their stress levels, their the stress hormones, cortisol, um, they they found that it lessened just by yeah. touching natural wood. So you're doing I the right it. thing. I believe it. I'll go and like find kind of like a mother tree in a group of trees and just and I used to be like That's embarrassed so like if someone's gonna see me, but now I don't care. I'll just walk oh, right don't up care. and hug it and like lean my 
body against it. And if I can put my like forehead on the tree and kind of my chest area and just, and take some stillness like that, I can feel my, all my little atoms in my body rearranging and kind of coming to life with it. It gives me so much, like it gives me a lot and it's like a cure for me in the moment that's so great that's yeah so and I know it's kind of out it was like hippie tree hugger kind of things but like I don't I, like that's where I'm at right now in my life yes I'm a tree hugger and I'm proud to be <laughs> I think it's wonderful you're actually confirming the results of this study <laughs> great <laughs> perfect well can you confirm some things for me so I'm on cycle day 16 I want I want my forecast please Okay. So you're on cycle day 16 and you have a 28 day cycle. That's important to know because with hormonology, um, it's important to know when you ovulate. So, you know, when you're, you move into your week three and week four. So your, your day 16, what's happening is um, you ovulated two days ago or three days ago and um, estrogen is now descending. So this is ovulation and estrogen is going down Mm -hmm. and your progesterone is rising. And that has an interesting change. So um, during the first half of your cycle, your estrogen was rising. Now it's falling. And during the first half of your cycle, um, your progesterone was flat and now it's rising. Mm -hmm. So as your estrogen goes down and your progesterone rises, you're moving into a more introspective, sedate phase of your cycle. Your uh, progesterone makes you more concerned about safety, um, and conserving resources such as money, food. Um, and <laughs> funny enough, though, if you find um, something that you think a friend or loved one would like, you would, you would be open to splurging. Despite oh. the fact that you have this caution about spending money, you'd actually be more open to splurging for other people than yourself. And researchers believe that's because progesterone, as it rises, it makes you more concerned with um, strengthening bonds with those around you and giving them a gift would help do that. So that's an interesting quirk. Yeah. Uh, so your energy is, I hate to say your energy is going down. You're entering a more sedate phase, um, more introspective phase, a slower phase, um, a quieter phase. Progesterone makes you quieter. It makes you prefer the company of close individuals rather than go out into the world and meet new people. You'd prefer familiarity, prefer familiar people, places, foods. Um, Your appetite tends to grow because of progesterone. You have more cravings um, for favorite comfort foods. And uh, you, health-wise, it's important to note that as progesterone is elevated, it can make you more sensitive to drops in blood sugar. So that means if you go uh, too long between meals, your blood sugar could drop and you could become irritable or sad or lose all your energy suddenly because of an extra sensitivity to blood sugar. So this is a time when I advise women to snack small meals during the day to keep their blood sugar level if they have that extra sensitivity to progesterone. I have that extra sensitivity. So I know that I need to keep granola bars nearby or yogurt or something so that I can um, keep my blood sugar level. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A very, very interesting. Thank you so much for that. Um, You know, I'm having this question come to my mind about how we can tend like I tend to be quite prescriptive about my phases of my cycle. And I feel like I'm always trying to make space because, because my entire practice is about making space for how I'm showing up and making that. Okay. However I am that day, I'm always trying to like, not be too boxed in by what I believe is happening for me or like the particular virtues of a certain season if inner season or hormonal phase or you know week of the cycle right because because like life happens right so like and this happens a lot yes inner winter where like ideally two days or the day before my bleed I'd love to just like take like just stop working stop engaging with the outside world and stay in that space for you know, first three days or something like that, first two days. Um, 
but it can, I mean, we can find ourselves on day one or two of our bleed with very important professional obligations happening or family obligations that we have to be on. And so like, I'm always trying to like pull powers from other parts of my cycle to aid me um, and not be too prescriptive with myself about it. So what do, what do you think about that? Like, what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, I think when you can honor your cycle, certainly do. When you have the space to honor your cycle, the needs of your cycle, certainly do. But of course, we live in a world where we can't always have that space. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to take care of loved ones or we have to show up to that meeting. And the great thing about knowing your, <clears throat> pardon me, how your hormones are going to impact you is that you can plan ahead. Mm -hmm. So when I do interviews like this during my week three, where you are now, your week three, the week after ovulation, and my estrogen is falling and my progesterone is rising and I'm sedate and I'm not talkative and I'm more introverted, even more introverted than I usually am because <laughs> I'm quite the introvert. Yeah. I know that I have to plan ahead. As a, I have to say, okay, Gab, you know, you're going to be in your week three when you need to be you know, talkative and extroverted, what can you do to deal with this challenge, to cope with or overcome this challenge? So for instance, before this interview, I made myself some dark cocoa and I drank some cocoa because I know cocoa, um, the flavanols and chocolate will raise my energy at, by yeah. uh, sending more energizing oxygen to the brain. I know that the theobromine in chocolate, which is a natural stimulant, is going to get my energy up. And these are going to help overcome the sedating effects of rising progesterone and the fact that estrogen is on the downside. So it's it's not going to give me the oomph I need, the energy I need. So I do things. On other days, I might have had um, juice, you know, orange juice, which also has flavanols that uh, energize, or I might go for a brisk walk. I know that I have to show up, but I have this challenge. So I need it without right. this knowledge. I would just show up and have to deal with the, the, the challenge. I'd have to just push myself. It would be harder, but because I was able to plan because I knew ahead of time, what it would be like. I mean, how great is that? You could predict what your day is going to be like so you can actually change the outcome of that day. I mean, what, how empowering is that? Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible to so. me. Yeah. Um, that's my, that's my suggestion. Honor it, honor those, those changes in your cycle when you can, but when you can't use the power to plan ahead, you know yeah. what your day is going to be like when you know what your hormonal effects are going to be. So plan ahead to cope and deal with those challenges. Yeah, no, I do love that. And I think it is that thing of also like, knowing yourself in those times, yes. you know, like for me in this part of my cycle, I'm maybe that sedation and it could be because I'm such an extrovert. Maybe the sedation has a, a like balancing effect on me because like, I always feel very steady during this time. And like, so for me, wow. public speaking and these kind of things, I will purposefully schedule them around now for me, because like, I feel like I can just be calm. I'm not as nervous, you know, and I'm like, I can just show up and be in some ways my best self during this particular time. I always say, and it's interesting, you're talking about the progesterone nurturing thing, because I always feel like I'm the best mother during this time as well. Like I can just, that makes sense. I've got more to give. I'll be cooking the meals and, and, you know, fretting over them. Whereas at other times I'm like, ah, no, don't come to me for anything. You know, like I just, I can't do it. I don't have it in me, but like this time I do. So I try to like maximize my efforts in this to give them, to give them that, you know, because I can't. That makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's like this great time where it's like, you know, in what a week from now, I would not have a speaking engagement, you know, because my inner critic voice would be so loud that right. I just I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, see, you know? this is one of the benefits of tracking your cycle. Not only right? are you tracking like how, you know, the, the, just the rudiments of your cycle, you know, oh, I bled this much today, or um, this is, you know, where I am in my cycle. This is my day 14. Tracking your mood, your energy, your personal facets of your life tracking. Okay. During my week two uh, rising estrogen 
make boost my energy, but it also boosts my anxiety. So yeah. you have to yeah. know that about yourself. So you track yeah. these things and it's such valuable knowledge for you to know that the week after ovulation, that's your best time to speak. How, I mean, yeah. before this, before all this knowledge, we just woke up in the morning and, you know, and open our eyes. Yeah. What does the day hold? I ha- do yeah. I have energy today? Will I be extroverted? Will well, I be introverted? Had no idea. And that, it was that's where the patriarchy, <laughs> that's where the patriarchy comes in straight up. Like that, that we, as women that bleed and women that cycle would show up the same way all the time that we're like expected yeah. to just be that person all the time, right. you know? And right. so, and I, I'm just like, yeah, I'm so grateful for this awareness. Like so grateful. Um, Okay, final thing, because I have you here and I need to ask this. It's an exciting question for me because, ah, so there's this <laughs> concept in um, the, the Red School of crossover days when you're moving from one and what you would call hormonal phase or one inner season to another. And for those, those the, the, the concept being that those can be like a turbulent um a turbulent bubbling to the top that, that like will build your awareness around like things are changing right now, you know, like, and so it could be just like a bumpy day and that like a bunch of smooth days and then, a, you know, and then, so that's like a crossover day. Like I'm moving from one season to another. And so like from a just purely hormonal perspective, how long do these like shifts and hor- I mean, it's, it, you know, if you look at the chart over the days, it's kind of always like rising and falling and whatever, but what do you think about, about that, these shifts and like them being maybe particularly bumpy at certain parts in the cycle? Well, shifts are really interesting to me <laughs> because the biggest shift, of course, is ovulation, uh-huh. um, the middle of your cycle, because you go from estrogen that's been rising steadily and progesterone yeah. that's been low to a sudden drop in estrogen and a rise in progesterone. So the differences are are like black and white. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it can teach you so much about yourself. If you pay attention to those shifts, you can learn um, about the different facets of your own personality. I've had a lot of um, hormonology fans reach out to me and say they couldn't understand why they felt extroverted one day, but introverted another, why they wanted to spend a lot of money one day, why they wanted to conserve money another, why their libido was off the charts one day, and they had no libido another, and they were so close together these days. Like one day I, my libido is shooting up. And then one day my libido is like plunging it. Why? And that shift, that dramatic shift at ovulation teaches you that Um, your personality isn't and your health and the other facets of your life aren't one point on a line. It's a spectrum. Yeah. So that there's a wider, um, there's a, there's a wider spectrum that is you, Mm -hmm. you are extroverted and talkative, but you're also introverted and quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a high libido and you want um, physical, crave physical intimacy and There are days when um, you just have no libido. You just want um, just uh, non-sexual physical affection or just to be left alone. You have lots and lots of energy. You're more cocoony and you'd rather stay on the couch. So it's a great lesson into learning that we no longer have to see ourselves as just one point on a a line, but we're an entire spectrum. So that when you fill out those quizzes you know who's what's my personality (laughs) that's what I was just thinking of absolutely yeah that it's not that those aren't cut and dry those aren't you you could take that personality test on your week two and then again in your week three so and you're a completely different person yeah and they're 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 both you so I think these shifts are important to teach us that we can accept all facets of ourselves and we don't have to fit ourselves into a box that we can allow ourselves to say I'm introverted introverted today or I'm extroverted today instead of saying I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert yeah or I I, I usually have high energy or I usually have low energy you can say on my spectrum on my personal spectrum this is a low energy day for me on my personal spectrum this is a high energy day for me it's a great teaching tool for self-awareness are there any from just from your perspective, are there any like 
particular cycle days? You mentioned ovulation as a shift day. Are there any others? Like, oh, sure. There's other shift days. I mean, there's obviously like bleeding, right? And for me, like what my cycle awareness is like, I, I have a big shift day before I bleed, actually. Like the day before, I'm like completely, I guess, hormonally bottomed out. I'm done, you know? And like, right. I never even, I always associated yeah, like the, the beginning of my bleed with when I see the blood. And now I know that the beginning of my bleed is actually like the day before, sometimes two days before, like I am done. That's a good point because what's happening is prior to menstruation, prior to bleeding, your estrogen is dropping lower and lower and lower. So is your progesterone. And when, you're, when your estrogen reaches a certain point, it signals um, the shedding of the uterine lining. Yeah. So your estrogen is dropping before you bleed, but on the day you bleed, just hours after you start, your estrogen starts to rise. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to estrogen. So when my estrogen starts to rise, I start to feel happier and more energetic yeah. and like a, a sense of relief right away. Yep. Other women, it may take a day or two, but their estrogen is rising. So there is that um, sharp drop and then rise, which is a very, you know, it's a, it's a really sharp, um, angle. Yeah. So, um, it's, that's a, a, quite a shift. And then there's a third shift. That third shift is, um, in the luteal phase, in the middle of the luteal phase, um, when luteal progesterone, phase the second part of the cycle, the second part of your cycle, mm -hmm. that's right. When estrogen and progesterone begin to fall together, mm -hmm. um, that's the start of your premenstrual week. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the shift into, yeah, into premenstrual? That's right. Okay. So when those two um, hormones fall, your mm -hmm. body goes into a withdrawal-like state. Mm -hmm. And I liken this to, say, when you're drinking caffeine a lot, and then you forget to drink your cup of coffee or tea, and then you get that withdrawal like feeling. That's really what's happening in your body. Um, when these two hormones drop, or even when estrogen drops right after ovulation, your body is so used to getting this hormone and it relies on it. It's kind of in a way addicted to it. I mean, that's a loose, I want to loosely use that term, yeah. but your body gets used to this hormone and then it goes down. So you you go, you enter a withdrawal like state. Some women have intense symptoms to this withdrawal-like state and other women, it's not that big a deal. It, it's mild symptoms, but because during your premenstrual phase, both of those hormones um, drop at the same time and you're withdrawing from both of those hormones, um, that's also a, a third big shift in your, in your menstrual cycle. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm just going to say for all my listeners out there, one of the ways that I have aligned with my premenstrual state is that. I save the kind of like more like technical adulting stuff until then, because I'm, I've, I'm tying up loose ends in that part of my cycle. And like, so like I'll do financial planning during that because I'm so discerning, like I'm so like, you know, and like, yeah. I, I really will cut things out and like, I can approach things really kind of clinically in that. Whereas the rest of my cycle, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in this different space that doesn't really lend well for financial planning or making hiring decisions about people or, you know, things like that. So I get very discerning. Um, and then I, that, like for my create creativity and creative cycle, I've noticed the same thing. Right. So over in follicular, I'm the idea, idea, idea. Yeah, this would be a great idea. Da, da. And then if I just like wait until I can get right. to my premenstrual week, I know it's time to kick some butt and like discern and pick ideas yes. that are going to work or not or, and really so seriously explore it. Yeah. And in between, so, and this... I'm just floating and socializing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the point of tracking your cycle and not just the, you know, like I said, not just the rudiments, but how you feel, what you do tracking like oh like you just said I know when I can do these things the best I know when I enjoy doing these things the best it all comes with tracking your cycle and I I not to you know be so self-promoting but I actually have a book that helps you track your cycle yeah. a hormonology <laughs> menstrual cycle tracker journal and it's oh, a nice. paperback journal I created paperback journal even though I have apps I do have the hormone oh. horoscope apps I created paperback journal because I know that um menstrual tracking is very important but unfortunately many apps not mine um, but many apps are selling and sharing user data. My apps oh. are always 100% private. I've always been into Love privacy. That. I've created my apps myself 
with no investors and no ad dollars. So I was able to control every element of my apps. Unfortunately, yes. there are many popular apps out there that rely on selling user data and sharing user data to make their money. Yep. So um, that's why they're I created big. the, yeah, they're big. There's they're some big. big, there's some, yeah, some big, I know. Some big apps. So I've actually downloaded your app before and used it. Oh, thank yeah. You. So I'm, I'm very familiar with it. I've created an app which, whose single purpose is to integrate with our professional calendars. Oh, wow. Right. So like you can go in and you put in your cycle day and then it'll populate your inner season. And then that maps onto that's perfect. Your, and then you, you can integrate it and it maps onto your, your site. That's your, amazing. I yeah, love that. To your professional so that you can then, as you, as you build this relationship with the phases of your cycle, you can then. That's um, amazing. Yeah. I love it. Good for you. What's the app called? It's 28 ish. So yeah, perfect. I'm still so, like, it's still piloting and all that. Like it's okay. out there, but yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you can see the importance of tracking and understanding your cycle, understanding your yeah. hormones. And that's why we're here sharing this cool, great what's information. What's cool about your app though, is it does have a lot of very specific information that I believe, yeah, yeah you can like leverage for your yes. well-being, you know, like. Yes. Yeah. That's what it's all about for me is teaching people how to use those hormonal effects okay. um, to harness them so that they can make every day of their cycle better. That's yeah. the entire point. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Gabrielle, thank you so much. This has been uh, so pleasure. lovely. I'm like so happy for our listeners and myself to be able to speak to you and for you sharing oh, all this you, knowledge Carrie. with us. And I really, really thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure, Carrie. Thank you for having me on. I love your mission. Um, so this has been a, a real pleasure for me. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our episode. If you're still listening, please don't hesitate to leave us a comment or to write us at 28ish. You can go to at 28ish.com to get our contact details and let us know what part of menstrual cycle awareness and cyclical living you would like us to address on this podcast. Thanks for your support. Thanks for subscribing and downloading. We appreciate you. Talk to you next time.